Hello guys, I hope you're hungry because we're about to get our daily bread. <laughs> I wanted to go for a little bit of a different intro because all my podcasts start off with, with hey guys and I just thought I needed change. But that change might have come off a little creepy. <laughs> Alright, so we are doing Ephesians chapter 5 Bible study this week. Uh, verse 1 is what I want to talk about first, obviously. It says, Therefore, be imitators of God as dearly loved children. I underlined imitators of God because God is supposed to be our only example. In a world where we have a lot of Christian influencers, Christian authors, just so many different types of people to look up to, I think it's so easy to kind of put them in the place of where God should be. So a little self-evaluation for me was just, is he my only example? Is he the one that I'm truly following? When you look at other Christians and the lifestyle that they live and the choices that they make, even if it doesn't align up with the Bible, we shouldn't follow them. Our primary goal should be to be followers of God. So I thought that was really important to remind myself because people will let us down. People will make mistakes. People could stray away from God's truth. So that's why we need to be imitators of God. So from verse 3 to verse 5, it talks about just the sexually immoral people, the people who practice in impurity and greed. And all of that just reminded me that when we have a new life, we must choose to walk away from those things. People who continuously live in that kind of lifestyle may not even have been true saved. So it was just a nice reminder that when we speak, we should speak thanks. With our life, our life should reflect Jesus because we are representatives of Christ. In verse 8, it says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. It said we were darkness. Not we were in darkness, but we were darkness itself. That's a scary thing. To reside in that dark place, to be darkness itself, it's it's frightening. But God rescued us from that. And now we are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. We need to have a set-apart life. A life that consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And a life that discerns what is pleasing to God. That is a life we have to live. In verse 14, it reads, get up sleeper and rise up from the dead and Christ will shine on you. That reminds me of uh, just being a walking dead person. Before we received Christ, we were spiritually dead, but we were still living in this world. We were still doing our own thing. So essentially we were walking dead people. People who don't know Christ are just walking dead people. But when we received Christ, He made us alive and we are awoken. We're not the walking dead anymore. And so it's just, it's awesome. It's empowering. Like Lauren Daigle said in her song, rise up, rise up. Christ rose us up. And I really hope I'm using the right tense for these words. I will find out when I am editing this (laughs) podcast. But um, okay, so verse 15 
pay careful attention then how to live not as unwise people but as wise making the most of the time because the days are evil so don't be foolish but understand what the lord's will is there are two ancient greek words use of time and the word time is used as in a measure of time, like hour to hour, minute to minute, that kind of thing. When it uses the word the time, it's referring to an opportunity. It's to, so when it's saying making the most of the time, it's saying seizing the opportunity to give God all the glory. When I read this verse, I had a misunderstanding because I'm like, every single minute of my life has to be used to evangelize, to do something for the Lord and all that kind of stuff. But what it's really saying is with every opportunity that we are given, use it to give God the glory. How can we give God the glory if we don't understand what the Lord's will is? As it says in verse 17, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. We can't understand what the Lord's will is if we don't have that relationship with him. And if we don't open our Bibles and read the word of God and see what he desires and see what his purpose is. So if you aren't doing that, I highly encourage you guys to set up a reading plan or or something to really encourage you to get into God's word because that's where we will understand what the Lord's will is. And when I say Lord's will, I'm not saying Lord's will for my life. You need to take out the my out of it. It's the Lord's will point blank what he desires we are just a vessel we are an instrument and we are to be used for god's glory to give god all the glory so a really great way to understand the bible is stop making yourself the main character and start looking at yourself as an instrument of God to be used by him because that's the what main point of it I think it's very problematic when you start to think what can God do for me what is God going to give me what is he gonna do for me and and while he does have a plan for us when we focus more on ourselves we forget what God wants I just kind of went off there but I just think it's so important so in verse 18 and don't get drunk with wine which leads to reckless living but be filled by by the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Christ, uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. So we go back to 18 when it says, don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit. The main point that you don't want to miss out is when it says, but be filled with by the Spirit. When we are filled by the Spirit, as we talked in our previous podcasts, we are alert. We are sensitive to the way God leads us. We live in the fullness of God, in the presence of Him. We let Him guide our decisions. That is to be filled with the Spirit. But when we are drunk with wine, our senses are dulled. We aren't alert. So there's this big contrast. So it's really stressing the importance of living by the Holy Spirit. That's not to say it's okay to get drunk with wine because the Bible condemns that. It's a sin to get drunk with wine. And I'm not here to talk about whether a Christian should drink alcohol or not. The Bible has its guidance over that. That's not the point that I'm trying to get. The point that I'm trying to say is that we need to be filled with the Spirit. And here's why. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit 
because it gives God the glory. I think people can use scripture as a self-service when they start looking at it. Well, what does the Bible say? Is this a sin or is this not a sin? Is this a sin or is this not a sin? And it, while it's good to have that understanding, when you start looking at it like that, you forget that it's not about that. It's about, am I giving God the glory? So just take that into consideration when you start weighing life decisions or, you know, all the gray areas and, and all that what stuff, whatnot. Um, and we're moving on to verse 21 when it says, let me go back to verse 20. Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. This is a command that God has given to all believers to submit to one another. Why? Because we're doing it for Christ. In the previous chapters, when it talked about the unity of the body, there wouldn't be any of that unity of the body if we didn't submit to one another. And you have to understand me when I say when we're submitting to one another, we're doing it for Jesus because we want to honor him. That's why we're submitting to one another. And when outsiders look at the body of Christ, when unbelievers look at believers and there's this unity and there's this really peaceful relationship going on, they're just, they're like, what is this? What is this? And it just really does reflect the glory of God. So when we move on to verse 22 and all the way till the end, when it talks about husband and wives, it starts to make sense because it says, wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord. Now, submission is something that every believer is called to do. It's not just something wives are supposed to do. So I think when people get riled up when they hear that verse, they're forgetting in verse 21 that it says, submit to one another in the fear of Christ. So when we submit to our husbands, we're doing it to honor the Lord. We look at verse 25, it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. When husbands love their wives, they're reflecting how Jesus Christ loved the church. Now, I think it's interesting to note that when it says the women's submit and husbands love, they're calling out things that we struggle with. As women, we struggle with the word submission. If you say the word women and submission in any public setting, there's going to be an uproar because submission has such a negative connotation to it. But the Bible's way of viewing submission is different. When we submit to others, we're doing it to honor Christ because this is what God called us to do. No question about it. Submission is not an inferiority. It's not, it's not inequality and it's not being silent and dumb. Submitting is our way of showing respect to the Lord. And I think we're called to do that because there is a rebellion going in our hearts where we want to take the lead. And God created this beautiful design in husband and wife relationship and even in the church that a woman has a specific role and a man has a specific role. And I think it's dangerous when us believers start to look at what the world has to say about equality, how we're all the same, we don't have different roles. It's dangerous because we're not looking at scripture and we're not being imitators of God. We're becoming conformed by the world. So we need to go back to scripture and look at it. And God created this beautiful design 
even before the fall. That's how you just know it was meant to be. Those different functions does not mean we are unequal. Those different functions does not mean one part is inferior and one part is superior. That's just something we have to come to understand. And if you feel like your view has been distorted by the world or you don't really understand it that well, I highly encourage you guys to go watch the video sermon series by Matt Chandler called A Beautiful Design. I praise this series so much. It just helped me understand it uh, many, not many years ago. I'm like a hundred years old. No, a couple of years ago. And I really do encourage you guys to watch that. So that's something that I wanted to talk about. I'm not here to go into a huge sermon about man and, and women and wife and all of that because that's something that I'm still learning. But all I do know is that we are called to submission and men are called to love their wives. And I truly do believe it's written in that way because women struggle with submission. If you look at prime example, Eve, she took leadership and husbands can struggle with loving their wives as Christ loved the church. So I think it was very important to note that. And I love how this beautiful relationship of a wife and a husband is supposed to reflect Jesus Christ and the beautiful relationship of the church, of Christ. Like Paul says in verse 32, this mystery is profound. And he's talking about Christ and the church. That that's what it's talking about. Um, I'm going to go ahead and close off this study right there. So I hope you enjoyed it and were blessed by this. Bye guys. Bye.